For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. today welcome to the show the podcast it's called lead singer syndrome i'm your host as always shane told very nice to have you a beautiful day in june i'm sure just about wherever you are in the world right maybe australia or new zealand maybe you got some crappy weather down there i don't know but hey uh we're doing great up here in canada very nice things. And we're starting to open stuff up. Where I live in Windsor, Ontario, we are finally opening up patios and salons and apparently malls. And yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but that's what's happening in my life right now. I don't know if I will partake. I'm doing just fine here, drinking a Miller High Life and hanging out. And uh, that's fine with me right here in my own backyard. Speaking of drinking, we've got an awesome show for you today. Christopher Bose of Ailstorm is on the show. If you're wondering why I said Ahoy Matey at the beginning of the episode, that is why Ailstorm, one of the most hilarious bands on the planet, has a brand new record out and it's awesome. And I was super excited to pick Christopher's brain on this episode. So yes, sit back and enjoy this one. It is very, very entertaining. I loved it a lot. I want to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast. You probably heard it just a few minutes ago. Mutual Mobile. They're killing it right now, making all of the best mobile apps and web pages. If you need anything, if you're in the tech world, go there and check it out. Mutualmobile.link slash LSS. They will hook you up. 
You might have a great idea or you might be at that point in your career where it's time to move on up to the beautiful apps and web pages that they're making. Check it out. Mutualmobile.link slash LSS. The usual reminder to everyone listening to this, if you want to get in touch with me, feel free. Hit me up. Leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. I write back to most. Maybe you want to tell me how great I'm doing. Maybe you've got some improvement suggestions. I'll take them. I'll take them all. Maybe you've got ideas for upcoming guests on the podcast. Whatever it is, feel free. Hit me up on there. And if you want to help out the show, check out the Weed Singer Syndrome All Access Club. A big shout out to all the members, new and old. It is what helps keep the lights on around here. And for as little as $6 a month, it gets you in to an amazing community of like-minded individuals, music fans. We talk about all kinds of stuff and you get access to all kinds of bonus episodes and merchandise, stuff sent to your house. When we're not in the middle of a pandemic, we do meetups all around the world. But yes, check it out. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Well, I hope you've got your rum or your grog ready because here it comes. My conversation with Christopher Bose of Ailstorm. We are the pirate metal drinking crew. We think you're dumb and we hate you too. We are the pirate metal drinking crew. We don't give a fuck. We think you all suck. We are the pirate metal drinking crew. We think you're dumb and we hate you too. We are the pirate metal drinking crew. We don't give a fuck. We think you all suck. Fuck you! Hey, Chris, what's up, man? Good, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I'm, I'm good, yeah, you know. Yeah, awesome. I think, I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, how are you, man? I know, I know. like, uh, first of all, congrats on the new record. It's out today. Uh, that's, that's amazing. It's an amazing record. But, man, what a shit time to put out a record. Man, I don't know. I think it's a good time to put oh, out a record. Okay. I, love the, I love the positivity already. This is great. Because, like, you know, everyone's at home doing fucking nothing. And right. it's, you know, no one's no one's distracted. It's like, here's our album. You can't escape it, which is quite cool. Also, you know, it's this this whole uh, doing nothing thing is bad for bands in general because, you know, bands only survive by constantly reminding you they exist. Especially in these modern in these modern days when like, you know, um when uh, you know, people have short attention spans and there's just so much saturation of stuff. Yeah. So releasing an album is a definitely a good way to remind people that you're still a band. So yeah, it's it's I honestly I see the good points. No, that's true because yeah, I'm in a band too, and my band put out our record, if you can believe it, on March sixth. So literally like we put out the record and then a week later it was like you know, over. And it's true. Now that we've just put out a record, there's like pretty much all the creativity has like been drained from us, you know? And now we have to reach into whatever live streams or whatever other things we can do where you guys, yeah, you're right. It's like everything's been leading up to this point. You've been releasing singles, content, and now here we go. And um, I mean, it seems like some things are kind of coming back now too. I don't know if you're going to be able to play a show anytime soon. Um, yeah, our entire summer, which was going to be like 20 huge ass festivals across the world, yeah. that's gone now, yeah. which sucks. Um, 
end of the year, we had planned for a big UK tour. That's looking shaky right now. I feel like that's not going to happen either. So yeah, we're pretty fucked. Um, yeah. We're, 2020 is just a dead year for the music industry, which, you know, it's going to, not not just for, I know I mentioned you know, bands that get forgotten about, but also all the people whose job is to run shows, you know, promote festivals and things, they're going to be fucked. They're all going to go bankrupt or what or whatnot. It's going to be bad. So there's going to be a lot less uh, shows in the future, which sucks. Yeah, it really does suck. I feel most sorry for the younger bands, though. I mean, like, this is the sixth album, Ailstorm, you know. You guys are stepping up your game. People are paying attention. But, man, can you imagine if this was, like, your second record, you know? Yeah, or, I, mean, I mean, wouldn't that be so hard for an artist to, to try to navigate this when you don't, you're not able to, like, actually go out and play shows and get fans, like, you know, the old school way? Man, it would just be, it would just, it would really suck. Yeah, I can guarantee there are like a lot of young bands who have sort of just got their big break and, you know, they've been told, okay, this summer is going to be your summer. We've got right. you on all the big festivals. You're doing all this cool shit. You guys are going to explode. And then suddenly, nope, they don't do it. Like, you know, fucking dream shattered, man. It's 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 crazy, yeah. you know. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go, but, you know, it's, you know, like say, I've done it all a million times. I don't, you know. Obviously, I love doing all the shows and the festivals, but it doesn't blow my mind or excite me anymore. Like, you know, pl- playing a giant festival to 50,000 people is just kind of like my day job now. So it's, uh, I'm not, I, I, I'm not that heartbroken. Obviously, I miss it, but you know, I'm not like devastated. Right. So, but for some people, it's going to really suck. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like the first, you know, for those people, it's like the first time ever playing, you know, Rock M Ring or something, you know, like it'd be yeah, so exactly. amazing. And nope, not, that's not happening now. Um, and, Next year, I mean, like, now people are like, oh, maybe you'll get the offer next year. Well, by this time next year, you're like, for a band like that, who knows if they're even still have a career? Everyone wants to say, like, the window is going to expand, right? So, like, whatever yeah. was supposed to happen this year will just happen next year. But the rest of the world is still living and consuming things, and you know what I mean? And trends are still going to come and go. Yeah, and there's also yeah, a lot of bands, you know, especially if you're a young band who doesn't do this professionally, you're, you know, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. Like, say, okay, well, I'm, right. I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to do this tour, but you know, I'm going to work hard next year, make it up. Now it's like, well, you've quit your job, and now there is no tour, and now you can't afford to do it next year. It's, it's, uh, it's going to suck. You know, people are going to have to, you know, there's going to be a lot of people facing the harsh reality of like, you know, I have to give up my rock and roll dream because I got bills to pay. You know, that's just it's going to suck. That's so true, man. That is, and that is heartbreaking, you know, um, because so almost all of us, I think, yourself included, you know, it was like, hey, let's take a shot, and if we miss, well, we got other shit in our lives. We're gonna, you know, we'll have to figure it out, and that's just what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, like for me, it was like what uh, twelve years ago. I I dropped out of university to go on tour. That could have been the worst decision of my life, but it turned out to be all right, you know. Um, but yeah, like. There's gonna be there's plenty of people who it doesn't work out for. It's this it this the whole music game. It's luck. It's absolute fucking luck. And I, I I rolled a six on my dice, I guess you know. But a lot of people they roll a one, and it sucks. You know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So uh, yeah, you um you dropped that twelve years ago. What were you studying? I was doing a master's degree in mathematics at the University of Bristol in England. Okay. And I had no idea what I was doing in my life, but I was like, I guess I'm going to study math. Cool. And I thought, fuck it. 
this, this, there was a tour came up. We just, we were at that time, it's like you were just a band, you know, on a part time. And we released our first album. And it was like, hey, we've got this tour coming up with, you can do with Tour Assass and Norther. It's going to be the biggest folk metal tour of the year. And we're like, fuck it. Let's just quit our jobs, quit our life and do this instead. And it worked, thankfully. Yeah. Do you have any, do you think you're ever going to go back? Is that something that's important to you to go oh, back? Oh, God, and, no. Oh, okay. God, no. I hate it. I'm, I'm absolutely. <laughs> One of the biggest mistakes in my life going to fucking university, mate. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, you heard it here first. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, stay in school, kids. Yeah. Or, or don't. I mean, yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, yeah. I was uh, going to school too and it didn't work out for me. I dropped out and I don't know. There, I was still an undergrad when I was going. So I was just in my third year. So it was kind of like a little more. Oh, no. This this was like a weird sort of. A four-year undergrad master's thing is a weird thing to do in England sometimes. So it was like an extra year, but at the end of it, you get this master's taxed on, but I just couldn't do it. I just was right. not for me. Right. I just started sucking and getting distracted. So yeah, it was the whole, you know, the whole thing, oh, send kids off to university at 18, whatever. And it's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But didn't learn a thing. Yeah. I mean, how how do you know what you want to do when you're that young? I mean, I think yeah. now it's, for, it, like, I'm from Canada, so... Yeah, we were about 18 when we sort of had to make a decision, but now it's like even younger. Like kids are like 15, 16 and they have to decide, oh, are you a science person? Are you an arts person? Are like how the fuck do you know? I always knew I wanted to play rock and roll. That's uh, <laughs> there you, you know. Go. There you go. <laughs> I've had, a, I've had a drive for a while. You know, it's you just got to keep working at it. But you didn't always know you were going to play pirate themed rock and roll though, right? I mean, there no. was some turn there that the ship, pardon the pun, was turned, <laughs> you know, and like and all of a sudden, you're like, "Hey, this is what I'm doing now for the foreseeable future." Yeah, um, the whole pirate thing was an accident. Like, you know, we were just going to be a band that sang about stuff, and it just so happened that one of the stuff I wrote a song about was pirates, <laughs> and it turned out it was like one of our better songs. So then our next song was also about pirates, and the whole thing sort of steamrolled until suddenly we played our first show, and there was like a hundred dudes there dressed as pirates. <laughs> we're like, Okay, I guess we're a pirate band now, you know, whatever. So it's like none of us have any interest or knowledge about piracy. Anything we learned from pirates, we got on Wikipedia, basically. It's right. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, okay. I mean, there's a question there. Have you, are you so sick of, like, when you're, you know, you, you talk about, you know, playing festivals like it's nothing and this is your day job and this is what just what you do, you know, you dress up like a pirate for your for your job. When you get home from a long day of tour or work, do you absolutely want to see nothing about pirates ever? Oh, it's, yeah, it's great. I just love to get home and do normal shit. Like, I don't know, go to Denny's and get some <laughs> breakfast and, you know, <laughs> do my shopping, do some gardening. Just basically, I, I love getting away from it. It's cool having, you know, it's, but the whole thing is, you know, the, on stage, it is a kind of a bit of a character. The, oh, oh, let's drink rum and all that stuff, you know. But then you get off stage become a normal person again it's about my wife finds it weird like she sometimes comes to shows and then she sees me in like you know show mode she's like uh, you're a different you're a different person when you're doing this and like yeah it's not me it's just it's just this character i've invented you know this guy who goes crazy and drinks rum but uh yeah it's not me <laughs> but i mean you must have learned a lot about pirates over the years like i'm sure fans maybe they send you books or like you know that kind of stuff there's probably a few nerds that come out and want to tell you stories about some pirates or like, do you take all that with a grain of salt or do you actually try to learn and try to incorporate that, you know, into, um, you know, your lyrics and, and, you know, because obviously it's creative side. If you have songs that aren't about pirates, now that's weird. 
We, we try our best to ignore any any history or factual tales about pirates. It's just, <laughs> I don't know, it just doesn't appeal to us. You know, right. like maybe once every two albums, we'll think, oh, let's do a historical song. But from those points, it's we just want to write dumb stuff. Like, we have a funny idea, and they go, that'll be a funny idea for a song, and write it down, and then suddenly a song appears. But yeah, it's, I, I like, I, we don't really have any interest in history and stuff. Like, we're not dying to cover any topics out there. It's just, <laughs> we just want to make people laugh and sing along is the main thing. So we try and ignore it when people give us right. pirate anecdotes because they're usually very boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I love the honesty, man. Well, let's talk about the new record for a second, Curse of the Crystal Coconut. Like I said, it is out today, which is, because it won't be out today, uh, today's May 29th. And um, I really feel like this new record, it's its a real sing-along record. It's a real fun record. Um, was that something that you tried to do going into it, to have a, a lot of those sing-along songs, a lot of that, uh, you know, real, like, repeatability for, for your fans? Oh, yeah. I mean, end of the day, we are a live band. Obviously not right now. This year kind of sucks for that, for us particularly. Yeah. But um, on a normal day, we are a live band first and foremost. No one buys our fucking CDs. You know, I've seen the record sales for the, compared to the amount of show tickets we sell, we don't fucking sell a record at all. So people, it's, we've got real casual fans who don't necessarily know all the songs. And I know as a fan of bands, I've gone to see a band and then they play songs that I don't know. And I'm like, oh, don't know this one. It's going to suck. It really kind of right. sucks the mood out of you. So like, we're always very aware of that. Like, you know, we want to write songs that if you don't know them by the end of the first chorus, you'll fucking know every single word. Hell yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's the kind of vibe we want. We want people to be able to sing along within minutes and it, it works great. Like, you know, we play these festivals and there's, you know, someone's walking around the festival site with a beer in their hand. Oh, what band's on now? Oh, this band's called Ailstorm. They've got a giant duck on stage. Holy fuck. This song is catchy. That's, you know, that's what we want to be. That's the band we are. Yeah. Um, so we, 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 with that, we went into writing this album, like, let's just keep it fucking simple. It's all about the big chorus, the big vocal hook, the big hey, hey, hey sections. That's, that's the shit that goes off live, man. And that's the shit that we do. Yeah. No, I, I feel like you've getting, been getting, you know, progressively funnier and more ridiculous, kind of taking yourselves less and less seriously in terms of like, we can write a song about fucking anything. But at the same time, this record is your best sounding the production is there. The tricks are really clever. Um, I really like. I I really noticed a lot of that. Maybe more so than any record you've done. Uh, was it a long process getting this record together, or do you feel like now it's kind of like it's getting easier? It gets easier. It really does. I mean, I we spent all like nine months writing the songs for the most part. Some some songs have been on the back burner for a few years, but uh, you know, there's about nine months writing songs. Went to the studio in January with our, our longtime producer Lassa, and he like he has got fucking good. Like you know, hmm. when we started out, he was fine. He was a good producer, but now like he knows our sound inside out. You can dial in the perfect tone for us, where you know you hear every single instrument, all the folk stuff, all the guitars, all the vocals. It sounds huge. It sounds heavy. So he he has just got so fucking good. It's ridiculous. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, we have definitely improved as songwriters. Like you know. Because when I was writing this, the earliest stuff, this band, it was I was just slapping together riffs with no idea of what I was doing. But these days, like you know, I've really sort of honed my basically. It's pop music. We are writing pop music here, (laughs) and I've just I've learned all the tricks of how you make pop music get stuck in your head. And it's you know all these 
perfectly timed key changes, you know, doing all the right chords in the right places and, you know, when to do a little vocal hook, when not to. And right. it, it's great. It's, um, it's, I really enjoy the craft of writing simple songs because it's, the end product is simple, but the, the act of making it is like there's so much detail goes in that I guess a lot of people don't really appreciate. But that's that's you know the, the fun of this band is you know making something sound simple when it actually is, there's a lot of work involved you know in, inside your head to make it happen. Oh, I can hear I can hear the work. I mean, for sure, and that's the thing, right? Is is it so? It's like when you take a song like um, maybe this is the best example, but it's one of my favorite songs on the record, Shitboat. I uh, just think it's so brilliant. I love Shitboat so much. But, you know, you take a song like that and it's it's so stupid but so witty at the same time. But then there's, you know, these little things that you guys do um, that just put it over the top. And I really just want to be a fly on the wall when you guys make a record. Because I really wonder what conversations you guys all have together as a group with you and the producer. Because, like, I, I just... Like like the like the last lyric of that song when you like talk about shitting on the guy's lawn, um, like I'm just I'm laughing my ass off when I heard that song for the first time. Like, does that does that stuff get talked about, or does it just kind of happen and everyone laughs and then that's the song? Like, how, how See, does that stuff all happen? That song is an interesting case because I wrote that one in five minutes one day. Um, so it used to have very different lyrics. Uh, some guy had uh, pissed us off. Like there, there was some boring business shit happened with the band that oh, really okay. fucked us over. And so I wrote a song about this dude. And it used to have very different, very slanderous and libelous lyrics. <laughs> and I, wrote, I we were all very so I wrote the song in five minutes. Did a quick demo, sent it to the guys in our band, and also to our our tour manager and booking agent Christoph, who was the guy who mentioned the song takes a shit on lawn. And I sent him all the song and. Everyone burst into laughter. It was just the funniest shit. Right. And they said, oh my God, this song is hilarious, but we cannot release this. We will just go to prison forever. Uh, it, was, it was so Ooh, Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but we, this too, anyway, we started recording it. We're like, man, this song is good, but yeah, we really can't do this. We have to change the lyrics. So we all just sat down at a table one night, had a few beers, and just changed new words here and there to make it, you know, just be about pirate ship instead. And it just fucking worked out. But yeah. you know, it's... It's, and I'm glad, like, these little serendipitous moments where you just, you know, write this dumb song that suddenly becomes what I think is possibly going to be the breakaway hit from this album. It's this fucking one-minute swear-laden pile of nonsense. I know. But, like, it, it's such, like, there's, there's, even the song that short, there's so much stuff going on. Like, yeah. uh, with metal is a different, difficult genre to build energy with because the whole point of metal is it's full-on. You From the very start of a song, you've got drums, bass, guitar, screaming, bang, you know? It's difficult to build energy in a metal song and have the song feel like it goes somewhere. So, like, this song has, like, it, it, every single verse, it, it key changes up a tiny little bit, so it always gets higher and higher, and then, like, the arrangement changes now and then, it just builds up, so it's, like, it's... I feel like it's the most well-put-together one minute and 20 seconds we've ever done. Yeah, I think so. I think so, absolutely. And maybe, um, you know, I know you have Wooden Leg Part 2 on this record, uh, you know, a uh, uh, maybe we could get a shit boat part two at some point. Make it, make it into a bit of an epic. What do you think? <laughs> you know, there's no end to the things we could possibly do. You know, right. a, a big ten minute epic about some boat from the depths of hell that sails across the ocean, eating your penis. You know, who knows what? Yes, exactly. I hope it happens. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, well, uh, one thing that you guys have done, yeah, I mean, uh, throughout your career, but even more so, it feels like on this record is all the outside people that you have to bring in to do what you do because you don't guys don't play the horns and the strings and and everything else. How does that work exactly? And do you have any funny stories about? Someone coming in to the, you know, an outside musician, you know, they're all nerds, coming in and playing like a trumpet on something and being like, wait, wait, what? What is this song about? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. We are, you know, while we can write songs, I guess, we are, when it comes to playing instruments, we are talentless hacks. Like, you know, we can play <laughs> drums, bass, guitars, but, you know, all the things that make folk metal folk metal, we can't do. Right. But thankfully, our, our wonderful producer Lassa knows everybody in Germany. Like he knows the entire population of Germany. He's just like Mister Connected, and he knows like uh, he knew this violin player from this g- famous German band called Subway to Sally. He said, "Hey, you want to play violin on this album?" Like, great. And things. The whole thing was done over the internet with all these guests, and um, he was just absolutely incredible because um, you know we we would come up with like any little idea. Like, oh, let's have this little violin melody that goes do-do-do-do-do-do. Then we'd email her this, this sheet music. Then, like, within an hour, she would send it back, played in 15 different ways with all, all these weird harmonies. We're like, holy fuck, this is great. So she just brought us to a whole new level. But um, I think everyone we work with, you know, they are, they are fully on board with the way Ailstorm is. They absolutely understand who this band is. Like, that, that's how we manage it, though, because, you know, if we tried to do this 10 years ago, and we asked all these people to be in our album, they'd say, yeah, I don't want to, not for you guys. But now it's like, oh, cool, Ailstorm, they're sort of like a, a real band now. Right. So it, we're, in this, like, we're in this awesome position of power where we can just, we can ask people and they'll probably say yes. It's really cool just right. being able to live, live all your dreams. Like, I want this guy, I want that girl, you know, right. I want to do this. And the, uh, people just, people say yes, it's, it's fantastic, you know, the, having this uh, having this ability, it's, it's we're in a, a truly blessed position. Yeah, that's, but, um, that's amazing. But yeah, even all the brass players, they they, they love. They've been with us for a few years now, a few okay. albums worth. Again, friends of our producer who knows everyone, and they they're fully aware of the absolute nonsense that is involved in this band. So <laughs> they, they take it in their stride. Like, yeah, okay, there's going to be a riff that shouts wanky, cunty, tit flaps, and I'm going to play this trumpet. Sure, you know, right. Well, you know the German way, and the fact that it's German Germans that you use outside musicians that makes it even funnier to me. Because you know the German review, right? You know your show tonight, pretty good. Last time, much better. Oh um, man, that is that is such a fucking thing, isn't it? They're so matter of fact. I thought your band. I, I have to say, I, I I did not like it. I will not buy a T-shirt. Goodbye. It's like, whoa, dude. Yeah, well, I just picture someone coming in with a trumpet and being like, "Your band, pretty good, but what? What is the pirate? What is the pirate?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. These, these, these dudes are fully on board with our oh, yeah. shit. That's, that's awesome. Believe that's it or awesome. not, some Germans do have a sense of humor. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love Germans. I, God, it's my favorite place on earth. Uh, you know, it's funny, though. You brought up a little bit about how 10 years ago people might have kind of shrugged you off. You know, people might be like, oh, I don't want to play with them or whatever. And I feel like the media is it's kind of happening the same way. Like maybe when you guys first came out, the media – they didn't really know what to think and it was kind of easy for them just to sort of like to, to kind of pick it apart 
and kind of push it to the side. And now it's like LP number six or whatever. They realize you're not going anywhere and they're kind of getting on board. Yeah, it's, it's kind of got to that point where a lot, like a lot of the magazines and mainstream metal press is like, okay, well, we used to shit on this band, but now they're sort of uh, one of the bigger bands out there. I guess we need to like feature them and tell them they're good. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's been a re- revenge has been slow, but it is sweet, you know, <laughs> making all these people right. who hated us listen to us and review us now. So it's cool. It's, you know, it's. It's it's nice, like we, we've been on like the covers of magazines for the first time now, which is quite cool. So um, it's I've always wanted that to have a little magazine on my wall, framed with like my face on it. But you there know, you it's these, these little things, little things that we've missed out on because you know, we have been a dreadfully uncool band for our entire career. Like it's we're not. It's it's never cool to say I listen to Ailthorm. It's like oh god, you're one of those people. So um, <laughs> it, it's 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 fun now that you know we can do stuff and you know maybe get treated like a real band, which is exciting. No, absolutely. Uh, one thing that you guys did a couple actually a couple things with the new record I thought was really kind of cool was first of all the the 16th century version of all your songs. Um, and to be honest, I. I know it, the record just came out today. I didn't have this before before today, so I just saw this really quick. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. What exactly is the 16th century version? It's um, we we have this habit of doing very shit bonus tracks. This album is no exception. It's <laughs> um, it's basically there's nothing 16th century about it. It's it's more like 16 bit video game yeah, remixes of that. Right, song. it did sound like kind of so, 8 bit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. It's like. It, it took us like five minutes to do, you know, just replace all the instruments with samples. But, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't really like bonus tracks. I just love doing dumb shit like that instead. It's, it's fun, you know, it's, um, people, you know, no, no one buys the album to listen to that stuff. But if it, you know, if people listen to it, that's okay. You know, it's, it's just there. It's something extra. Sure. Yeah. Sure. sure. I'm into it. It bumps up your stream numbers maybe a little bit. Exactly. That's it. You know, plus, you know, if you sell a double CD, it counts as two sales for the charts. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, that's a, we need all the sales we can get these days. And that's not just you guys. That's Capitalism. every band. Yeah. <laughs> but another thing that you guys did too, I'm looking at your wooden box set, which is definitely the, the nerd package for your big fans. Uh, but Releasing your track stems on a USB stick, that's actually pretty cool too. That, I guess, gives your your fans or probably your nerdiest of fans, producer fans, an ability to go in and really like hear, isolate each instrument and even make their own versions of the songs if they want to. Yeah, it's, the thing is, it's really easy to do that. Like It takes our producer like five minutes to press batch export and all the tracks go individually. So it's... As far as bonus content goes, people love that shit. It's really good value, yeah. and it costs us nothing. Like I think every band should do that because it's not hard to do. It's the simplest, best bonus material you could possibly do. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what people do with that. Maybe some uh, weird things. We'll see. Yeah, no, it is it is cool, but a lot of bands are so precious about that, right? Like or producers too, giving away some kind of secret, or they don't want you know their kick drum sampled or, or something like that. You know, that's, I think a lot of times kind of what the thinking behind not releasing stems is. Nah, I don't nothing, know. these days everyone's got the same sample packs from everywhere now. Like you're, it's, there's, there's no, there's no like secret sauce anymore. It's just, you know, skill is the, is the one thing that you, you need and you can't, you can't put skill on a USB drive. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, um, I know you're not going out on the road anytime soon, which is too bad. How does your voice hold up on the road? Because that singing that you do, 
it doesn't sound overly natural. Maybe it's become natural for you, but it doesn't sound particularly easy. It, it actually has become very easy for me. Like in the studio, it sucks because I, you know, it's it's a more exposed environment and you have to be perfect. So I really belt out the songs like really loudly, and it fucks my voice, and I yeah. have to like take rests of a, a day between each song. But on the road, I've, I've figured out how to do it, and I just I sing very quietly, very very quietly, and I let the microphone do the work. Like, oh yeah, I'm a pirate like that, and it's it works. <laughs> it's uh, you, you don't have to put too much effort in, so it doesn't hurt my voice. You know, sometimes I get drunk and overdo it, right? But for the most part, I could do that forever. It's great. I have that in my notes. Does the rum actually uh, hurt or help? That was in my notes. It, it, it hurts. I mean, it's it, I mean, a little bit is fun because it makes the show loosen up. But then you drink too much and then you have a stupid night and you start screaming along to Queen songs on the tour bus. <laughs> and then the next day you woke up, wake up and you can't sing. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, that was a bad idea. Yep. Yep. But hey, that's that's what you guys do, though. I mean, that's rock, if, you that's rock and roll, yeah. if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be Ailstorm. And like, exactly. People should expect, hey, once in a while, they're going to be fucking hungover up there. That's what that's what you're paying for. Oh, God. That is the worst. Like, you know, we, we play hungover shows, you know, maybe one in three shows is a hungover show. <laughs> and um, there's nothing worse. It's like you, you get off stage. He's like, right, fuck, it, I'm going to bed. And then some guy corners you and says, Ahoy, Captain Chris, let's drink shots of rum together. And I'm like, man, I don't want to disappoint you, but I've got a hangover. Today's an off day. I'm going to bed. You know? yeah. But you know, it sucks. What's uh, the Alestorm drink of choice? What, what's the dressing room rider got on it? Uh, a lot of white wine spritzers, I'll be honest. <laughs> no half way. a glass, I half a glass that, of really? white wine, half a glass of sparkling water. It gets you the right amount of drunk. It's okay. refreshing. And it's cheap. That's it. You know, it's. it. it. We're, 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 see, we're, there's no rum on our ride, or not a single bottle of rum out there. No. A lot of white wine. No. Uh, so the other the other song we got to talk about is Tortuga, which I heard. I guess it was was it your first song released from this album? Lead it was single? the second second the, single. Okay, the second one. I think I heard it first, and I, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much full on rap uh, yeah. at one point. And I think a lot of your fans, maybe I heard about it because a lot of people were talking about it. And I'm not sure if people, I'm really not sure what people think of this song. Metal Metalheads famously do not like rap, you know, or, right. or anything pop music. Yeah. Like you see all these dudes at festivals wearing shirts just saying, fuck Lady Gaga. It's like, dude, come on, whatever. <laughs> um, so it's it's definitely, it's it goes against the, the mainstream metal culture. So, um, but you know, I think when, when you're a musician, you don't care. You think everything's fun. You know, we we, we can go anywhere with our stuff, but it doesn't bother us. But sometimes I think, yeah, sometimes we forget what normal people can tolerate, and we we can tolerate a lot more. So it's you, know, but we like we like experimenting, and it's like some of our biggest hits we've ever done have been experiments. So it's um it's always good to try. If Tortuga doesn't work out, that's fair enough. Personally, I think it's the best song on the album. I think it's the most well written, well composed, best flowing song we have. Like it's it's clever way more than any of these other dumb metal riffs. But if people don't like it, that's fair enough. We won't do it again. But we'll see. It, it was worth a try. Absolutely. So you recorded your new album and the video for Tortuga in Thailand, right? Yes, sir. How did that exactly happen? Because if you got a German producer and you know. Getting everything there. I don't. None of your band lives in that part of the world. I don't think. What was the decision behind going there and, and doing the record and video out there? 
Well, you know, we we tend to record our albums in January, which in most of the northern world is a really shit time of year. It's cold and wet and miserable. Yeah. Um, so we, we've, in recent years, basically our record label gives us a decent budget. So we go, fuck it, let's go somewhere nice. Last time around, we went to Florida and that was cool. But this time we wanted more. <laughs> so we were like, all right, let's go somewhere tropical. And our producer, Lassa, he's like a, all back to him again. He's like a he's like a super Thailand fanboy. He loves all his Mai Thai boxing and Thai curries and stuff. And he and he'd previously done an album in Thailand. And he says, yeah, it, it, it was fine. It was good. It was a good place to make an album. So we thought, right, okay, let's fucking go to Thailand. Cool. And he f- found a studio in this place called Krabby. It's called Krabby Road Studio. It's a dreadful pun, but you know, whatever. Um, and we went there. <laughs> that and like, is you know, bad. They, it's awful, isn't it? They had all the stuff, you know. They had all, you know, they had all the well, well set out studio with like drum room, vocal room, a drum kit, all these amps and mixing desks and outboard gear. So it was a perfectly good setup and we just flew there with our guitars and a couple of bits and pieces and made an album. It was a it's like it was a surprisingly normal experience making an album there. It didn't you know it didn't feel like I was in the middle of a jungle trying to contend with the elements. It was like the most luxurious, relaxing place I've ever been in my life. It was great. It was just the perfect place to make a party album. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, your dollar or your pound or whatever you guys want to say uh, goes a lot further out there too. Like it's one of the cheapest countries in the world. Oh yeah, it was great. You know, you could we could go out and party, and you know, I mean, it was a tourist town, so the prices are a bit inflated. Right. But you know, you you could get a bottle of local rum, which they call local rum is called black cock. Great. <laughs> and we were we we were drinking black cock by the bottle every night, man. It was great. <laughs> That's that's funny. Yeah, that reminds me of yeah in Vietnam. I I went there last year and their money is called dong, which is <laughs> which is great. But that's so I I got to the airport and changed my money. I had like two hundred American dollars. I was there for like maybe five or six days. You know, touring all over myself just around uh, Southeast Asia. I couldn't spend that two hundred dollars if I tried. Like, That's fantastic. I, I was I couldn't believe how cheap it was in Vietnam. Like any like I, I at the end I was like I don't know just giving money to people here. Just I don't know what am I going to do with this? Here, here, how much is a beer? Just take all this money. I don't know. It was crazy. Like it, so that I, I imagine that's. That's probably awesome for for recording a record and, and having to all these people that have to live there. How did you do? What about all the outside musicians? They didn't all come to Thailand. I bet. No, they they were not so lucky. Unfortunately, most of them recorded from home and yeah. sent over stuff using the power of the internet. Some of them, like the brass players, came to our producer's studio back in Germany once yeah. once we finished the main sessions. So they didn't get the they didn't get the the five star Thailand treatment. Unfortunately, <laughs> budget's not quite that big yet. But um, yeah, so it's having this internet stuff is great for making an album. Like we had we have people from Japan, people from Argentina, from uh, Finland, from right. all over. Contributing, which is cool. So it's you know we could not have done that you know even ten years ago. Like there was just this sort of level of file sharing communication has just got so good now. I know it really is. It really is amazing. So uh, I guess you're you're sitting at home, and home for you now is rural Tennessee. Yes, sir. I understand. You've been streaming on Twitch a lot lately, uh, and I I heard here that you're raising ducks and goats. I yeah I am a. Uh, a farmer. I, I bought a farm because why not? Like thirty acres of like you know pristine Tennessee wilderness, and yeah, we've got I've got a got two or three goats, about twelve ducks, four geese, and ten chickens. Going to get some sheep maybe at some point. You know, sell sell lamb and wool and milk. <laughs> why not? You right. got you got to do something to pass the time. It's you know, plus you know, I, I, 
it again, it makes a change from being at these festivals and shows where you're just surrounded by people all the time. I love getting away and you know not seeing another human being for days. It's just a great feeling. So um, it's cool. Is that how did you grow up? Was that similar to how you grew up, or were you like like how is that different? Or is this is it the same kind of thing? I, I grew up in like the suburbs of a small town in Scotland. It was it was just like anywhere really. There was nothing special about it. There was no, it wasn't right. like the wilderness. You know, yet five minutes down the highway and you're in this big city that sells whatever you want. It wasn't like, you know, I didn't feel like it was anywhere magical. I grew up, you know, a lot of people go, Oh, Scotland, the Highlands and kilts and castles. Was, that, I wasn't in that part of Scotland. That was right. just in a city which like most people live in a really gray part of Scotland and you don't, you don't get to see the countryside that much. So here is a lot more, uh, definitely a lot more rural than where I grew up, a lot more out there, a lot more redneck. It's, I love it. I love this. Uh, I love this sort of country lifestyle. It's definitely for me. Oh, I can imagine when you go into town and get some supplies and, you know, with your accent, I can only imagine what people say to you in, in rural Tennessee. Man, I'm trying my best to lose the accent. <laughs> I'm sure, like, in a few, like, if we have another phone call in, like, I don't know, five years, I'll try and have this great southern drawl by then, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, it's it's not too thick uh, Scottish anymore. I think you've you've lost it. But that happens. I feel like that happens more with lead singers. For some reason, I don't know if it's because you talk on stage or you talk to people all over the place, but your accent sort of, um, I don't want to say it goes away completely because people have been telling me I sound more Canadian being home for the last two months, uh, you know, than touring. But I feel like it doesn't go away completely. It just kind of like mm, softens around the edges. I, I definitely have a tour voice, like um, especially when you're in a non-English speaking country, my accent changes. I notice myself, you know, talking slower and in a really strange accent that sounds like it's <laughs> from somewhere in the middle of nowhere, but possibly in Europe. And it's, I don't know who I turned into, but it, it, it helps people understand you. Yeah. And then that sort of sticks. So, so you, you learn not to speak like you're from Scotland or wherever. It just sort of sticks with you. And so uh, I... Most people can't really place my accent anymore. It just sounds like nothing. Yeah, yeah. What are you streaming on Twitch? I um, basically what I do is is I get my keyboard out, I sit at my desk, like music keyboard, and I say, "Hey, who wants to hear a song?" And someone says, "I want to hear a song. Sing a song about a bear riding on a tractor." I'm like, okay, and I just make up a song for them about a bear riding on a tractor. Oh, cool! And it's it's, it's just full, it's improvised music, which is great for me because you know it's it keeps my hands busy learning the keyboards, you know. And it's good for the mind, you know, to, to make you think faster, come up with songs and stuff. Some of the ideas of how do I, oh, I'm going to keep that one. You know, so it's, um, it's just great all around. And it's a great way to interact with the fans, you know. Yeah. You know, not, not, many, not many bands interact that directly with their fans. Like, you know, um, they're just, you know, giving people personalized songs and shit. So it's kind of cool. What's the Twitch handle so people can check it out? It's uh, twitch.tv forward slash Christopher Bose. Simple as. Okay. Got it. That's awesome. cool, man. Well, hey, um, thank you for your time and talking to me about all this stuff. Congrats on the new record. I think it's probably your best record. So I, thank you so I, uh, much. I, I think it is as well. I think we've reached uh, a pinnacle here. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I really sorry that you can't be on tour right now promoting it and playing. You know, doing the the stuff you're best at, which is live shows. But hey, um, what can we do? It's you know we do what we can and just you know. Right now, I'm just enjoying people's reactions and seeing people listen to it, and that's that'll keep me going for a few months still, I'm sure. Yeah, awesome, man. Hey, so anything else to tell the people before I uh, let you go? Uh, I just want to say, everyone, you know, 
make sure to listen to the full album. If the singles aren't for you, that's fine. But like this album is very daz. It's got everything from rap to weird black metal. So I guarantee in context, it sounds awesome. And you'll like it. I agree. Tortuga did, did seem to make a lot more sense kind of in the bulk of the the album than it did on its yeah. own. So I definitely agree with you. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to play track one for the people, and then hopefully they'll they'll say, I like this, and they'll listen to the rest of the record. So here is Treasure Chest Party Quest on Lead Singer awesome. Syndrome. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. So there it is with Christopher Bowes of Ale Storm taking time out of his busy release day to speak with me. That's very cool. I really do appreciate that. And yes, the new Ale Storm album is out right now. Go listen to it. Go stream it. Maybe even go buy it. Help out with their record sales. You know, like you said, they're a live band and they can't tour. That is really, really terrible. But the record is absolutely hilarious. I keep going back to it. It just makes me smile. I want to thank you so much for listening to this. We've got some incredible guests coming up really soon. And I want to make sure you don't miss any of these episodes. So hit that subscribe button right now. And of course, remember, you can get in touch with me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com or find me on social media at Shane Told on everything and at Lead Singer Syndrome on most stuff. You know, just search for it. It'll come right up. And of course, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club if you can. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I will leave you with a tune and it's only fitting to play this track, the first track from the new Ailstorm record. And right when this is done, maybe you're already in Spotify listening to this. I don't know. But open up whatever you listen to your music on and just go right to track two and just let it ride. Whether you're drinking a beer or a wine spritzer, whatever you're into, it's the perfect soundtrack. Here it is, Treasure Chest Party Quest on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. 500 years ago when I was born. 